A very warm welcome to all our listeners in our season two of Insiders Talk. I have with me today Mrs. Amandeep Kaur. She's the founder of Phoenix Talent X Branding, India's out-of-the-bulb digital employer branding agency, about which we'll be talking soon. So Amandeep, welcome to Insiders Talk. It's a pleasure to have you here. Same, Veronica. It's a pleasure to be on this podcast also. So before we deep dive into, you know, uh, what Phoenix Talent X Branding is and how, what your journey has been, if you can just give an idea to our listeners, you know, who Amandeep Kaur is. Amandeep Kaur is a very simple, ordinary girl who's trying to be extraordinary. And her journey is, has always been about transformation. Uh, I've encountered personal obstacles, professional obstacles to, you know, to bring Phoenix uh, into shape. And like the word Phoenix, uh, the, the, the word Phoenix also comes from the same root, which is about transformation. And that has been my journey through and through. Okay, so you've always, uh, like, you know, been in the uh, HR or something related with the employee uh, sector of the industry, or it is something that you really experienced and decided to get into it? So it comes naturally to me. You know, it was mm-hmm. uh, my experience that I figured in my first job that employer branding comes very naturally to me. Employer branding is a space of HR and communications or HR and marketing. It's a cusp role, right? It's a blend mm-hmm. role. So you need to have that HR orientation or talent orientation. And then you also need to have marketing skills and capabilities to be able to, you know, brand an organization as a whole employer brand. So mm-hmm. that's that. And it happened during my first job with Ernst & Young. Okay. Was actually, I was a single parent and I had to, you know, get on and uh, mm-hmm. restart my career. So in 2006, I joined Ernst & Young and they gave me some brochures that they'd got from the UK office to convert them for campus brochures in India. Mm-hmm. With that small act or task that was given to me, you know, we realized there's a huge potential in that space. So I picked up all of their internal communications. I picked up all of their, uh, you know, CSR employer branding activities. And I was rebranding everything uh, from campus mm-hmm. programs to, uh, I was with them for about five, six years. Then I moved to two, three more roles at Apollo Medic Health Insurance and mm-hmm. Sapien after that. So after about a journey of 10 years, in the space of employer branding and looking at every aspect of talent acquisition, talent attraction, the talent engagement and retention through a lens of employer branding. You know, in 2016, I realized that uh, I have, I've outgrown my jobs and now I need, I have a skill that can add value to more organizations. That's mm-hmm. when Phoenix Analytics took shape. Mm-hmm. So that that's when uh, the entrepreneurial bug really bit you. Absolutely, because you know, I was really underutilized in my job. I mm-hmm. felt more potential that was unchannelized. And then there was the confidence that you know you can use the skill that you have to help mm-hmm. a lot of employers than just one. So with a job, you're just stuck with one employer and only one employer branding problem, right? Right. You get on as an entrepreneur and you help mm-hmm. many employers, then there are so many employer branding issues to tackle. Mm-hmm. Someone has a diversity problem, another one has a talent attraction problem, another one has a very serious layoff problem. Right. The culture issues. So you know different different problems and different employers and different industries also you get to work with. So that kind of exposure and learning curve, mm-hmm. you know, you really get to experience once you choose to become an entrepreneur. Right. So um Amandi, when you started, right, obviously because you have you had about, you know, uh, like you said, like for 10 years uh, you were into employee uh, branding based on the employment that you were going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, was it easy for you to build up your first team uh, or and get your first clients on board with Phoenix Talent X? 
Actually, I was very lucky to say so because, you know, uh, the couple of, so I've realized that with entrepreneur and the first walk that comes your way is always from mm -hmm. your immediate reference. Okay. Or who work with you in the past because they know your skill sets. Right. Thankfully, they were in other organizations and they needed employer branding partners. So when I started my employer branding agency, they were the first ones to give me work. Mm -hmm. And I built a very successful case study with them for, you know, about at least two, two years with each of those clients. Mm -hmm. And we pushed transformative case studies to other clients who were new in this space. Mm -hmm. Sort of helped. And two, in terms of team building, uh, I think obviously I picked up people I'd worked with in the past who were also wanting to be their entrepreneurs and wanted to be, you know, individual freelancers. Mm -hmm. So I working with my uh, design team, you know, with my content team, with my PR team. Mm -hmm. You know, those immediate skills that you need as an employer running agency is definitely you need someone to do strategy. You need someone right. to do research. You need someone to do copywriting and some designing and videography. So all those basic skills that I needed, thankfully, mm -hmm. I had partners and people who were, you know, willing to work mm -hmm. and join a new agency. It was not very difficult for me. I was, I think, just plain lucky. Oh, lovely. So everything like played in your uh, favor when you started. Absolutely. I think once you're convinced that right. you want to be an entrepreneur, and I was very clear, I didn't give myself a plan B. Mm -hmm. you know, there was no exit route that I planned. I just knew I had to make this business work anyhow. And with that rigor and determination uh, you know, that came in, mm -hmm. I think that also solved a lot of other things like work, like clients, mm -hmm. like team, and then, you know, uh, uh, impactful work to be able right. to show impact through your work is very important in the employer branding space. Otherwise, it just looks like a poster that no one's reading. Right. Yeah. Definitely. That is there. Like, you know, especially when you are you're some, somebody who is very new, who's starting into the industry, right? Uh, and you're doing something. So outcomes are something which is what you are judged on when it comes to success. Absolutely. Right? absolutely. So, and we took bigger targets, like instead of right. just showing about some views or some engagement on your social media platform, we right. picked up stuff like, you know, we could help you win awards as an employer of choice. So most right. of my clients have won a lot of awards in their space and the kind of work we've done with them. So that really helped. Right. So what is the basic or major gaps that you uh, experienced, which which made this, um, you know, Phoenix uh, Talent Text to be uh, one of the most sought after uh, uh, branding agency in terms of employment? Uh, you felt that, you know, these things need to be addressed, which probably the companies are still not looking into, which can mm -hmm. make them the employer of the month or employer of the year. So the biggest one was... Uh... No one knew how to do employer branding seven, mm -hmm. eight years back. Okay. That was the biggest gap I saw. And thankfully, my journey or my career has started in uh, 2006, which was, you know, my, so at that time, UK and US and Australia were doing very good employer branding. But in India, mm -hmm. very few companies, one or two would know about employer branding. So I had a very like, you know, I had a early mover advantage, so to say. Mm -hmm. And because I'd done hands-on work, I knew the skills. I knew what strategy, flaws, what employer brand, how employer branding strategy is different from a talent strategy, you know, vis-a-vis a, vis -a, -vis a business strategy. Right. So that edge uh, that I brought to the table was different too, because I'd done hands-on work. I knew what would work and what would not work for a client. Right. Yeah. Third, uh, uh, you know, you have to make the talent believe in the vision of employer branding. So they, they came, they came with a very myopic vision of what the employer value proposition is. And then when you did the research and you showed them that you think of yourself as, as an X, but I can mm -hmm. see a whole, Z out of here, you know, which we can target mm -hmm. and we can showcase your talent set. That vision that you brought to the table for the for the client was very immense and valuable for them. And they also appreciated that. 
Third was a, you know, like they needed a partner who they could outsource their problem to and not like someone who would just come, give them some consulting yarn and then move on. And they're, you know, they don't know what to do. So I designed my company like a, uh, you know, end-to-end -end solution, solutioning partner. So from strategy to execution, we did everything for our clients. They had to, they had to just tell us what the problem, law branding problem was and what they needed to help with. And then we would come up with an entire plan, a strategy, then campaigns, ideas, Mm -hmm. And then execution, which included print execution, which included events uh, execution, which included, you know, some digital uh, gaming, mobile apps, whatever the client needed at that time for mm -hmm. their. So everything, it was like an end-to-end -end agency partner. Oh, wow. So, you know, when you, when you, when you were into this end-to-end -end solution giving, right, you, you encounter a lot of um, difficult situations, right? Where uh, where you know because you are in this space and you're a master of this space that this is not going to work what is being suggested by the client. So did you ever in the in these years have to face a situation like this? And if so, then how did you handle it? Thankfully, I think I come with a lot of conviction. I'm very clear about what I'm doing as an employee branding partner or a consultant for an organization. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always make sure that we are convinced before we begin a campaign. And when we say we are convinced, the client leaders. Mm -hmm. It is on the back, the employer branding team, and there's a whole huge of team that I built with my clients, you know, which includes an immediate program manager. Then you then we include decision makers into the mm -hmm. mix, and before we uh, whatever programs we create, we all create co-created with a client, right? So the client mm -hmm. will put put in their brains into making that campaign work, and we only begin implementation once we are very convinced of the idea and the campaign that we want to do. Otherwise, the implementations are not begun, right? Yeah, because you're convinced and you're together in this journey, then it's very, then there's not much that you have to, you know, tackle except for basic challenges, which is like, you know, when you're doing an event, you have to right. manage kinds of crisis. If you're doing a PR release, you have to make sure all the points are factored in and it's validated. Mm -hmm. So I think those checkpoints uh, really help. And like I said, I came with a lot of hands-on experience. So I all, beforehand, I would knew mm -hmm. you know, what, will work, what will not work, what will go wrong. And I would always, you know, give a heads up to the client to, to be careful about this and that. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. all that helps. Oh, lovely. So basically, you're being very transparent with your clients uh, so far regarding, you know, what works, what doesn't work. It's not just... Absolutely. Saying, yes, yeah. no, we can do it just because yeah. you want to uh, grab Absolutely. that opportunity. And I also, like, I'm very cognizant of the budgets they have. So right. we work around the budgets. We don't push the client to do something that they can't afford, mm -hmm. not want and or not add value to. So, you know, clients like PricewaterhouseCoopers have been very, very uh, uh, open with their budgets. Mm -hmm. So, you know, them you can suggest interesting things. Like they did a virtual reality game uh, before Corona happened, right? So they were okay. much advanced in their thinking. So those kind of clients and their kind of vision and their budgets help. Right. There are also been clients who are very, very, you know, social or digital focused and very organic spending is, is designed for them because of the budget constraints that they're going through. Right. And startups, you know, you can uh, really shine their story, but uh, you can get the story right. You can get the entire employer branding mix right for them, but they don't have too much to talk about because they're just beginning their startup journey and there are about 50, 100 people that they have on board. So different clients come with different, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. problems or... Uh, challenges and then you work around them true so this is a very creative space right where where you have to very, be creative, very creative and you know uh make something out of the box all the time right based on what all the time which is why my company the tagline for my company is do out of the bulb 
So we don't go out of the box. We do out of the bulb. <laughs> Lovely. Beyond so, boxes. <laughs> basically, how do you manage it? Like you know, see, it is like okay, I got this project, I did it. Then after some time, I get, I have time to you know, think and uh, you know, time to rejuvenate. For you, it is like like a continuous job, right? To rethink all the time to make sure that every solution you give to the client is something new. something yeah. which fits their bill and it fits their image and everything so how do you make sure that you yourself are cre- creatively always active and so your team sure so i think it's a very good question and you're right you're bang on when you say rethink and reinvent uh, you have to continue continuously you know like a phoenix you have to keep reinventing right. and you become this new bird and you new person and new person with a vision because you have to be ahead of trends Right. only then you can take your clients ahead of trends and give them a first mover advantage in the market so uh, absolutely and even when i hire my teams i make sure i hire idea generators and mm-hmm. people who can execute their ideas also mm-hmm. so that is like a first you know curve ball that my talent has to or my team has to uh, showcase that they are they are thinkers or they are you know challengers and they mm-hmm. can be different and uh, what was your question the second part of the question is like how do you make sure you know that you know you as well as your team right is always uh, creatively active because sometimes it happens right you feel that burn that you know i'm not getting yes. any ideas there's nothing new coming into my head i've already done this done that so when a situation like this strikes when you have to give something to the client how do you manage that with your team so uh, what i've done with my team is you know what i didn't want in my organizations i did i didn't like the box approach i didn't like mm. the rules and the policies that came with it for mm-hmm. the big organization so i let my employees design their work day okay. right we are a fully remote workplace all of us work from homes and we only meet once in a while just for fun activities rather mm-hmm. i never question and challenge where they're spending their time i never you know make them account for the 8 hours or 9 hours they have to spend I don't work like that at all. I let them be. And if you, if they want to bring their friends into the office space, they're welcome mm-hmm. to bring in their friends and they can all work here together like a co-creation unit. If they want to bring in their pets, you know, I, I get my pet on uh, in the office and so do they. Okay. Okay. Some of them are drummers, some of them are artists. So mm-hmm. we you know, we jam together in the office. I let them bring their musical instruments and we have. So the moment you create that space where they can be themselves mm-hmm. and you know, no one is, you know, constantly on their neck. uh about ye kaam nahi kiya wo nahi kiya that's all i mean i don't like and when you let people be then they come up with a lot of ideas and obviously if they say that you know we are burnt out i let them be you know we sometimes have a beer party sometimes we just you know take it very easy like there there are uh, thankfully in consulting and business there are lean days right hmm. so lean days they are traveling having fun so am i so that sort of helps that we are not constantly it's a, like our lives are not just about work anymore right so it's like, a, it's like a beautiful life you've designed for yourself and for your teams where they also have like a creative aspect to their life they have a emotional or a meditative aspect so i do a lot of meditations mm-hmm. a lot of uh, offsites and you know like these retreats mm-hmm. to rejuvenate and then i travel a lot and then i also do a lot of creative work which is you know like my, my another part of my aspect is called fart okay. so I, which is nothing but furniture art oh. so i have had this during corona i figured out that i like to you know re redesign furniture so i pick up old pieces of uh, furniture that i have in my house and i totally uh-huh. redo them you know either through art or through some cut piece and you know cut works or uh-huh. carpet whatever so it's it's that sort of uh, gives you a lot of that free range that creativity mm-hmm. that you otherwise 
Yeah, definitely. Because, because in a space like this, creativity is one thing that sets you apart, right? Yeah, and then we're dancing during the day or we're listening to very, you know, strong music. Oh, so everyone uses their music and they're doing their own thing and vibing. And oh, wow. out-of-the-box so, approach in office helps. Right. I think you have an out-of-box approach, right? Like you said, in the office, you have you have a very creative way of working, I would say, in the yeah, office. See, I, I am like, I know I know myself, right? So mm -hmm. I know this is how I would like to work. And I understand that someone else has a different idea of how they would like to work. Right. And I let them decide that or design that. And thankfully, we're a very small team. Mm -hmm. So there's no issue of, you know, culture getting disrupted or, you know, someone's issues uh, become mm -hmm. bigger issues. That, that doesn't happen because it's a very small team. I intend to be a boutique organization. Mm -hmm. I like working on my clients on my own. So I... It's like, you know, I did, I get that kick when I solve it myself. So I don't pick up too much work. I have no ambitions of becoming the number one or the largest employer branding agency in India. Mm -hmm. But definitely we would want to be known as the most transformating employer branding agency in India. And uh, I, I like to do hands-on work. So the client's advantage that they get is the founder is directly working on their projects. Mm -hmm. And two, we don't do, since we are not overworked, there's not too much work on our table. We only do inbound clients mm -hmm. as a policy. I only work with clients who walk in with a problem and, and mostly they, they are referrals, right? right? One is referred the other and that's how it works. So that uh, really helps because then the client is also convinced why they want to work with Phoenix and we are also convinced why we would like to help this client. And because mm -hmm. you're not overworked, you know, it's, it's like you're having fun while you're working mm -hmm. and only making impact. That's right. So what I've understood is your your marketing is more or less like a referral or a word of mouth uh, kind of a thing or do you indulge in something else as well to... I do a lot of PR activities and mm -hmm. a lot of blogging and thought leadership. Uh, I write a lot on employer branding. That's one mm -hmm. space I love. Two, I do a lot of LinkedIn branding mm -hmm. because LinkedIn is where a lot of employers are active, their teams right. are active. And they, they also get a perspective of, you know, what Amandeep and Phoenix is all about. Right the blogs and the posts and the you know the ideas I pitch in on employer branding so that is another thing that I do very actively then obviously you want to make sure your websites are up and running and the SEO is optimized right so everything that I do is very organic mm -hmm. I've not touched anything which is inorganic wow. on employer brand yeah that's really great. I mean, it's it's quite amazing to hear you're like, you know, through organic uh, marketing, basically based on what knowledge you have and, you know, how you're touching uh, other people through your work, you're able to grow your company to this level right now. Absolutely. You know, the other thing that I do is I'm very prudent to the markets. Mm -hmm. So I know what's happening in the global talent market. Right. I know what's happening in the Indian talent market. I, I watch the economy very carefully. I look at which sectors are booming. Mm -hmm. And I write... About employer branding in an in a energy in the energy sector, I talk mm -hmm. about employer branding in say fintech or data space, which is booming right now. Right. Talking about how AI can uh, help and boost employer brands. So the moment you know you bring that uh, intelligence into mm -hmm. employer branding, clients value that. They want yeah. people or they want partners who can you know who are aligned with what's happening in the market, and are not just sitting in a corner in a world and you know designing something for you. Right. So uh, what I've understood nowadays, you know, more than marketing, the kind of a product or service that you're giving out there, it is important to market your knowledge so that they do understand, okay, this entrepreneur comes with something and is going to solve our problem with whatever Absolutely. problems we Yes, yes. 
And now there's a lot of competition in the space of employment. Right. When I started seven years back, I was probably one or I was the only one. This was, this was actually going to be my next question to you. You know, how you've seen the market change over the seven years that you've been in the space. Uh, this space, yeah. Yeah. So seven years back, I had to actually go and pitch for work. You know, I had to <laughs> take those client meetings. I had to fly from Gurgaon to Hyderabad to Chennai to Bangalore to meet clients and tell them, you know, what employer branding was all about and how we could help them. But now the tables have turned, you know, they come convinced that we have mm -hmm. a problem and we need an agency partner to solve for it. Whether Phoenix is the partner, that's another option because that, you know, when they do the discussion, everyone figures out who's right for them and what kind of partners they want. Right. So what do you think made this change happen over the seven years where, you know, the company boom. actually understood? Boom, the global boom, the Modi government mm -hmm. stability and, you know, the kind of uh, investments they brought in the country. Most global companies have, uh, you know, capabilities, capability centers in India or an office in India. Mm -hmm. Most global companies are hiring talent from the Indian market. If you want, if you think about engineering, India is the first market that comes to your mind right. from perspective. Then the entire startup ecosystem that has developed in India that is uh, booming to a point that, you know, there's opportunity everywhere and every startup has to talk about the employer branding story right. and they need agency partners. So that all those things are uh, impacting how this employer branding is. And because there's, and even the government is, is an employer itself now, right? It's a huge right. government and they also need cybersecurity experts. They need AI experts. They need uh, you know, uh, technology experts to get there. You've seen so much digital government uh, governance they've brought into picture. Right. So they need this kind of talent. So now you have the government of India as your employer, as like an employer in itself. Then you have global employers who are setting shops in India. Mm -hmm. And then you have Indian employers or Indian entrepreneurs or startups who are designing the entire Indian uh, ecosystem of, of, of entrepreneurs. So they need employer branding. Naturally, yeah. this cluttered competitive talent market, you will need an employer branding partner who can... Tell everyone why your employer journey is different or why someone should work with you over any other employer. Correct. That, that I think, that competition that has come in India, that mm -hmm. uh, visibility that India is getting in the global stage, that is really helping. True. So what is, like, you know, when, when a client comes to you, what is the one thing that you suggest them when it comes to, because see, what you do really helps them to attract the right talent as well, right? Uh, to come on board, because now it is no longer... Employment is no longer what it used to be probably when I started in 2004, where people were looking at getting into branded companies to get a good stamp that, you know, okay, I'm working with Tata, I'm working with Infosys when it comes to IT. So now it is more about what the company can offer to me rather than, you know, just blindly going in and telling, Acha, let's work over there. A brand will jayega and then we can go anywhere we want. Hmm. So now it's about the opportunity. It's not about the brand anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, I have had, I've spoken to so much talent in the market. I've uh, come across situations where young students, campus IIT students, you know, they are getting like a 20 lakh package from Amazon. Right. So we a 10 lakh package uh, with Microsoft, who's offering them like a very researched AI driven research kind of work, which is also contractual, not even a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And then after that, because it's all about the opportunity now. It's not about brand anymore. Right. It's about the opportunity that you give me to showcase my skills for my uh, opportunity to, for me to learn and do something meaningful with my uh, career. Mm -hmm. That is superseding any other discussion. And actually money plays a big role. But like I said, right, people are really looking, going after the opportunity. 
Right. And and then I think the employees as well who are looking for job are becoming experimental. If yeah. we feel it is good, because you know if you understand there's a very strong hustle culture. Exactly. Right hus hustles, people are very confident of their skills. They don't want to, you know, feel ki mene, you know, I was so busy doing a job that I forgot to try and experiment something new in my life. True. You know, the entire mix is changing, the, the like we say the Gen Z. Right. Uh, you know, that kind of that new population that is coming up. My God, these kids, when I look at these young, even the 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 younger, the you know, the generation alpha that's coming up after Gen Z. Right. They are amazing, just the way they think. Like so that sort of talent is coming on the table where people are very confident because they've been given very good education from the beginning. They've studied at international schools, and even you know, your bachelor courses are now skill-oriented. But you know, the entire mix of Gen Y have taken over X and boomers completely. Right. And their way of doing things and their way of looking at life is very different. And they don't want to work at jobs which mm -hmm. are running factories where you're given an X pay for an X work which right. may not even excite you or may not even utilize your skills 100%. And these, come, these children come with a very social media activated world, right? There's so right. many portals where they have a voice. And where they can see other people who have voice, who have skills, making a you know career. Like if you see the entire influencer industry, there are people who are coming from remote villages and they have brands bigger than celebrities. Yeah, definitely. And and I see that the confidence level this Gen Gen Z has is like you know, it's it's just out of the world. I mean, probably I think maybe I can talk from my perspective. I was not that confident when uh, I was yeah, coming out of college. Uh, you're from which college i am i'm from mumbai university okay yeah see we were a generation of obedient kids right we were not allowed to flower <laughs> yeah. this generation is allowed to flower our parents let us be right right we don't interfere in what the child is doing if they want to dance we let them dance so this generation comes with a lot of inbuilt confidence and freedom like i have a three-year-old niece and uh, she was asked to dance uh, in the school troupe like the annual day mm -hmm. functions right mm -hmm. And this three-year-old girl refused to go on the stage, even though she had practiced for it. On the D-Day, she decided she will not. The school also didn't force her because they respected that the, the child doesn't right. want to go on the stage, will not push her. But later, my brother asked her, why, Penel Penelope, why didn't you go on the stage and dance? Mm -hmm. She's like, Papa, it was too noisy. Now imagine the confidence that girl and clarity that girl comes with that, you know, if it's too noisy, it's not my space. I will not go. Yeah, no very, very, very clear quite early on. Like I, I myself have a five-year-old. I mean, it's very, it's very difficult to make her do things that I want her to do. Simplest of the things to sit down at one place and probably, you know, let's sit down and do the homework. She's like, no, this is not the time for me to do the homework. Today I will do it only after dinner. So oh, no nice. matter how much you make her sit, a very generic thing, like, you know, which probably every parent from every generation <laughs> has been doing uh, for a four or a five-year-old. But it is like, I have to address it that way. Today, she has no mood of doing it. Okay, fine, I'm sorry. And teachers mm -hmm. are like, it's okay if she's not done. And you understand, these kind of people will eventually be working at organizations. So how are they to reshape themselves, right? So they Correct. can't, those fixed policies that we were, you know, made to adhere to. Right. As long as you're ethical in the way you are employing, in the way you are uh, working with your organization or your employer, you have to give them a sense of trust. You have to trust mm -hmm. them, which is why most of these startups have a no leaves policy. True. 
Like you can take as many leaves. They trust that you're unwell only that that's why you're not coming to office. Or they're paying uh, a very young employee more than what a 20-year or 30-year experienced person will get. Correct. Because they, they, are, they can see the drive, they can see the skill, they can see the ability to, to make it happen. Uh, and it's good to see this change, you know, where the organizations are working really hard to, you know, attract irrespective of whether you're a branded or you just started to get the right uh, talent on board to make sure that, you know, their projects are running. So the kind of importance now the employees are getting in today's time, it's good to see that change to be really frank because you feel valued that, you know, yes, yes I bring something on the table and you bring something on the table and let's eat together. Yes, I think that respect, that mutual respect that employers and employees have now developed True, is very uh, tremendous. It's very heartening. As you say, yes, you're right. It feels very nice to see organizations also also bringing employees on the table and you know listening to what they would want in their employer's right. case and 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 talent so it's like it's you know the tables have turned it's like the talent has true uh, it was a time it was a consumer's market now it's the talent's market great <laughs> market the way they say it right so uh, amandeep you were, you are a solo entrepreneur or do you have uh, co-founders uh... Yeah, solo entrepreneur solo entrepreneur I may go for a co-founder mm-hmm. later when I get into employee running products because I would want an engineering uh, mindset to come and join hands. Mm-hmm. And I do want to create some engineering uh, employee running products, AI-driven products. Right. Yeah, for and, the world. And do you, and uh, like, you know, yeah, because now you want to uh, have another vertical with a different kind of uh, skill sets required. So it, it is understandable, right, that you would want to have a co-founder with those skill sets to guide, to build that particular vertical. Um, <laughs> So when you started with Phoenix, uh, was it uh, or till now? Is it still bootstrapped, or you have uh, investors? Totally in bootstrapped. Totally bootstrapped. Totally funded by the clients I've worked with. Mm-hmm. And how have you managed it so far? It's it's a stable financially stable organization. That's what I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I've never faced any cash crunch, and, uh-huh. able to, and we're able to pay our bills. <laughs> You know, keep our employees happy. All my employees have been with me for from the beginning. They've not uh-huh. left me. I think that for me as an employer and as a company is a big thing. Right. So was this always in your mind that I'm going to be bootstrapped till till the point I can? Or uh, it was something that you thought that let's let's go with this and see how it happens. And in case I want investors, we look into that as well. No, I've been very open. You know, mm-hmm. I've always worked with a very open mind. I don't go with this mindset. Ye karenge, ye nahi karenge. Mm-hmm. It's not there. Uh, but thankfully, I've not needed funding because then I didn't have those kind of ambitions. You know that right. I want five hundred seat organization. If I want a five hundred seat organization, mm-hmm. then I would want funders, and then I would right. want investors because then you can't bootstrap it. Right. Uh, and then you want to like you know, for example, if you take a target of I want to be the employer branding of top fifty mm-hmm. employers in India. If you have that kind of targets, then obviously you need funding. Then there is no right. other, there is no way out. But because I chose, I think Corona was a big you know shift. Uh, mm-hmm. shift in my thinking mm-hmm. as a person like I looked at life very differently after that I looked at value that I'm you know the, how I'm designing my day every right. day to get up and you know at eight o'clock you get on calls I don't want that kind of a life anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An easy breezy life that I like which is mm-hmm. full of rich experiences and newness every day right. that really happened when you you know take these hard decisions of not running after money and revenue true true 
So, uh, like, you know, especially for entrepreneurs who are looking for getting investors on board, because obviously, uh, probably it depends upon what kind of product or service they're building, right? And yeah. how much money they have in the bank to burn. So, when you go, uh, go to an investor to pitch, probably, uh, yeah. your company, what are the key things do you feel, uh, even though you're bootstrapped, but according to you, you know, what are the key things that you think an entrepreneur should keep in mind and highlight those? in the pitch to ensure that they can impress the investors with the idea or the product that they have? So the biggest thing an entrepreneur brings on table is they're trying to solve a problem that has not been solved before. Right. Like, so because of my interactions with the a lot of CXOs that have happened over the years, would you remember mm -hmm. having conversations and my strategy conversations with CEOs and CTOs, I figured, you know, what the leaders are looking for from their employer brand. Right. Then because I've spoken a lot to talent, I know what talent is going after when, when they look for a job or right. for a career, right? So this, and both the parties are not talking to each other. There's a mediator like an Amandeep who's doing this discussion. Right. I am sitting on a lot of information that can help both employers and that can also help yeah. talent, right? And then I also know this, I have this added skill of how to design your employer value proposition. Mm -hmm. The added skill of, you know, creating something that your talent would like to read you know, the copywriting and the way it's, the campaigns are designed. Mm -hmm. So that edge that we bring on the table, uh, the fact that there's a, uh, there's a gap in the market that you would like yeah. to, you know, work with through an employer branding product. And I, I would like to do, use a lot of AI in it. So I'm very clear of what I want to create that will add value mm -hmm. uh, to the talent market, the, to the overall employer branding market in India. Correct. Right. So uh, what is the right stage do you feel an entrepreneur should actually think in uh, uh, getting oneself funded? Do you think is it, it is a good idea to just uh, simply go ahead and uh, look for investors at a very early stage where you just have an idea or basically you have identified the problem and ha have an idea of how to create the solution and through investors probably get the right co-founders and the right amount of money to kickstart? Or do you think it is very, very important to at least have a product or service that is ready and probably you have success stories, maybe not many, but at least two or three where you have implemented your service or product and you can showcase that, you know, this is the thing that my product or service can do to a client and th these are the benefits that they have got through my uh, services. So uh, to, to answer your question, Veronica, both the situations are correct. Mm -hmm. I've seen agencies who brought on funding very early on. And when mm -hmm. I'm talking about agencies, I'm talking about employer branding agencies who got funding and investors. Obviously, they are working with a lot more clients because right. they have stable offices and asked, you know, like a strong team right. to back. So that is equally important and that is absolutely doable. And another is a set of people like me mm -hmm. who like freedom, you know, who right. don't like chain and who don't like being, you know, controlled. When right. once you get an investor on board, then you're controlled by their ambitions. Correct. Not everyone wants that. Mm -hmm. So a person like me would take the second route that you've said. You know, I would create something mm -hmm. like a type of product. I would, you know, use it on companies. I'll show some results. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go for a bigger funding. And then for that, obviously, then my whole orientation about how I want to, I could just be a pro founder who would just probably take royalty and give the product to some right. other company. Right. Or I could be equally invested and, you know, keep making their product bigger and brighter like Apple. Every year they release some updates and features in their products based on right. how the user has, has changed and transformed. So we will go there. We'll get, so like I said, it's very personalized. Right. Already 
unique to the idea of what an entrepreneur thinks about, how he thinks about his organization, how he thinks about his life or her life. Mm-hmm. I would want to. Mm-hmm. Know, people so, go after fame and money. Some people go after impact. Correct. Some people go after you know just creating something and then just moving on to something new. Right. So, uh, like you said, right, you you're looking into AI aspect as well, right? Uh, in the future, those are your future plans. So, what are the key things are you going to look for your co-founder whenever you look, <laughs> whenever you start searching for it? Like you know, what are the key things that you would want in a co-founder? Because you need to gel with that person and have the same vibe. Absolutely. Right? The first thing that I look up, uh, look at is a never give up attitude. You know, mm-hmm. someone who wants to make it happen at any cost. And someone who's not bothered about problems and obstacles and challenges. Someone who knows how to find their way out. Because a problem, thankfully, comes with a solution. You know, there's, right. there's like a, a lovebird kind of a pack who are always together. A problem is, is always coming with a solution or a solution has a problem behind it. Right? So they're like intertwined. Right. Definitely someone who's, like I said, never give up attitude. Someone who can uh, think big and think different. And then someone who can make it happen, no matter what what things come your way. Three things, absolutely. Lovely. So, Amandi, two things I would really would like to ask you, right? When it comes to Phoenix, uh, one is what you will never compromise on when it comes to Phoenix Talent X branding. Quality of work, the quality of you know products that is shipping out from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Whoever looks at that billboard, they should definitely in their mind think, oh, who created this copy? Right. Design. I I get that. I can get that awe effect, or that awe-inspiring feeling from people who are looking at a product designed by Phoenix. Uh, I don't think you've done a good job. Mm-hmm. And second, the satisfaction of your clients in terms of the value we've added to their employer branding journey mm-hmm. as partners, how we've enabled them, and as partners, how we've serviced them. You know mm-hmm. that those those three things are very important. Right. And lastly, Avandeep, like, you know, what has been your biggest learning so far in these seven years of your entrepreneurial journey? You can never take it easy as an entrepreneur. You have to be on guard. You have to continuously look at new opportunities in the market. You have to look at your competition. You have to look at how you're coming across vis-a-vis the competition. When you're pitching, what kind of pitches you're making that really, really set you apart. How many clients uh, you win from the pitches you make. Uh, mm-hmm. you know who chose to partner with you everything so you can't take it easy and and the biggest one is i think the entrepreneurship journey really really brings you very close to who you are as a person so you know your strengths don't matter much but your weaknesses really take the better of you so and, and now you can't blame anyone else for you know right. the success or failure so you own up everything and you take ownership of your strengths you take ownership of your uh, weak areas and you start improving i think that it's like you know you're it's like i think reinventing yourself reinventing it's more like you know it's like a statue that is getting designed out of a stone right every new uh, cut like a you know when Mm. a marble is chiseling like when a you know when an artist is chiseling a stone right it's painful, but the end, the end result, or the you know the statue that comes out of it, is so beautiful that everything else is worth it. So entrepreneurship is a very, very fulfilling journey for anyone who wants to be in it. The only thing that I would say is come with conviction and be prepared that it will really, really shake your entire being. It will shake your, uh, but it will give you so much learning, and mm-hmm. you know it's like accelerated learning. 
what I have learned in the seven years, I probably would never learn in 70 years of jobs. That much I can tell anyone. Lovely. So now I can, yeah, like, you know, you can look at any industry. Like you can apply broadbanding there. You can speak to any senior person. You can speak their language. You can speak to a most junior most employee and you can speak their language. Uh, you can uh, look at any employment problem and solve for it. That kind of confidence and that kind of thrill mm -hmm. else in a job. Very true. I, I second on that for sure. And <laughs> Amandeep, on that note, thank you so much. It was really a pleasure to have you on uh, Insider's Talk. And, and for me, to be really frank, another learning experience to understand what employee branding is all about and how it is going to shape uh, you know, the hiring industry as well as uh, shape how you position your company out there to get the right talent. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Veronica. It was a pleasure for me also to share and talk about Phoenix Talent Expanding, India's most transformative employer branding agency. Thank you for being with us till the end. Your reviews are valuable to us. Do follow us and leave your feedback for us to improve and give you content that has value and inspiration. See you until the next episode. Thank you for staying with us till the end of this episode. This is not the end. We have more impactful stories to come. So stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share among your peers. Thank you.